2015. Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. With us right now from Mile High Sports, Mile High Sports Radio. Catch him afternoons on Mile High Sports Radio. Cody Rourke. Cody, how you doing, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jim. I hope you guys have a good one, and uh, hopefully this year is the best one yet. Hopefully so, and hopefully for Broncos fans, which we thought 2022 was going to rock our world, right? Well, it uh, it certainly did not. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, according to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, uh, the Broncos have reached out to Jim Harbaugh, but there's also the story out that Jim Harbaugh's talked with Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper. I know uh, Mike Kliss uh, with Nine News has mentioned that uh, the story is that, that Harbaugh is the number one target for the Broncos' ownership group to be the next head coach. What are you hearing on this? Yeah, I mean, it's more of the same. He's kind of their top option. Uh, you know, other names have been thrown out there. Sean Payton, uh, Dan Quinn being one of them. Those are really the top three targets that Denver is eyeing preliminary, but they're going to open it up to more candidates. Obviously, I imagine the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson he's going to get a he's going to get an interview Shane Steichen is going to get an interview more likely they're going to put a request in now whether or not he ex- decides to accept that is up to him entirely but uh, you know it's a great opportunity you know for anybody who has aspirations of being a head coach you know it's I feel like every year some open up but then we feel like this year there could be a multitude of job openings um, so it's it's going to be a very interesting one, but I imagine that Denver is going to make the appeal to, to push for Jim Harbaugh, and obviously Jim Harbaugh has got a good connection with Condoleezza Rice, who will be heavily involved in the coaching search. Uh, so I think at this point it's just kind of wait and see. I know everyone's like, ah, oh, he's not going to leave Michigan, but, I mean, money talks, and the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group is willing to throw whatever it takes at a guy like Jim Harbaugh. Well, and the Athletics had the report, uh, I believe Bruce Feldman, that, that if Harbaugh gets offered a job in the NFL, he's going to go. That that's he's already made that decision. Yeah, and even last year he interviewed with the Minnesota Vikings. He everyone thought he was going to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, um, and then obviously that ended up becoming Kevin O'Connell. So yeah, I mean I believe at this point in time, look Harbaugh they they made it to the college football playoffs. I know he was asked about that, but of course he's never going to go out there and answer. You know, oh yeah, you know I'm still going to consider an NFL option if I get interviewed. He said my focus is on Michigan. Um, you know, and obviously they lost, which is unfortunate. And his goal was to always bring a national championship back to Ann Arbor, but unfortunately that has not happened. Uh, so I think that he could be ready to make the jump back. And obviously he's got a connection with Jerry Rossberg through John. And you never know. Like there's a lot of things that are kind of lining up right now um, that if they can all click together, it could be a very exciting thing to watch. Miley Sports Radio's Cody Work with us today on the Team Sports Network. You mentioned Jerry Rossberg, uh, interim coach, getting his first chance to be a head coach in the NFL with the firing of Nathaniel Hackett. I thought the Broncos, they, they just seem more disciplined. They were, I think the special teams changed to Mike Mallory and of course Rossberg with his influence on that. Special teams came up the big play, Singleton with the the, the forced fumble uh, that set up a score. Uh, Wazarike with a field goal block. The offense with, with Kubiak and Justin Outen, uh, you know, and Outen calling plays for the first time. It seemed to, to speak to more to what Russell Wilson can do in terms of uh, the formations and, and, and the play calling. It just seemed like a better operation overall in all three phases, even in a loss with Jerry Rosberg at the helm. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we always wonder, right, in situations like what the Broncos went through last week, you usually see a team play hard, you know, coming off the, the fact that they fire a coach. And I think the biggest question is, can they maintain the way that they played and play even better this week? That, to me, is what I'm looking forward to seeing. But, yeah, they definitely came out and, look, offensively, they came out and did some things that we hadn't seen, some more two-back sets for them. Uh, Albert Okwebunam finally getting back on the playing field and Rossberg even mentioned after the game that he had no idea why Albert wasn't, you know, a guy who's been involved in the offense even more, which just kind of goes to show that maybe Nathaniel Hackett was in over his head a little bit in certain aspects. But they definitely came out and they played relatively well. Justin Simmons getting his sixth interception of the season despite missing five games. I think that is super impressive. Uh, and obviously for him, a new career high. Now he moves into eighth all-time in Broncos franchise history and interceptions continues to climb the ladder. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Damari Mathis left the game with a concussion. And I felt like Lamar Jackson, you know, a guy who was just brought up to the pra- from the practice squad to the active roster, I thought he actually did pretty well. He was very surprising in watching him. So that was kind of a fun thing to see. Uh, unfortunately, Denver felt short. I mean, we could make several claims about officiating the offensive PI on Cortland Sutton. It's I felt was call. a terrible call. Um, and I felt like there should have been, you know, offsides on Chris Jones. And not too much after that, him suplexing Russell Wilson backwards is an issue in and of itself. Uh, I think that if the offensive PI never gets called, I think Denver might win this game. Uh, you know, they go down there because they, they, I mean, they had no issue moving the ball, Jim, offensively, which was a very promising thing because that's been something that they've struggled with all year. Why has Okuwagwinam been a, what, a healthy scratch nine games this season? Do you, can you give us some insight on that? Because, you know, he's, he's a guy that we have obviously played with Drew Lockett in Missouri, a favorite target there. Big, strong, athletic guy, fast. It seemed like he was the future, and then he wasn't the future. And Greg Dolchich, big perm, is now the future. But we saw what what Okuwagbunam can do. What's what's been going on there? What can you uh, can you shed some light on that for us? Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You know, with with Alberto, the first week against Seattle, he had a few catches, and there were times where he had a couple catches on fourth down. He fought to get the extra yards to extend the drive to pick up the first down. And then after that, he only had one target against the Texans. You know, it was a drop. And then from that point forward, Albert just suddenly dissipated out of the offensive game plan. And there really was no clear explanation, to my understanding, to Albert O about why he was not playing. But, you know, obviously, like for him, he's been going out of practice every single day, busting his tail, but being a healthy scratch with really out any communication as to why. I mean, yeah, Greg Dulcich was in the mix, but... Greg Dulcich made his debut week six against the Los Angeles Chargers. So there was something that was going on, like Nathaniel Hackett. To my understanding, I just don't think envisioned him as a big part of the game plan or felt like he could rely on Alberto. And that obviously impacted Alberto's confidence. In the first half of this past week, you could see Alberto struggled with a little bit of confidence, had a couple of drops, but then after that touchdown, he started getting that confidence back. And then he had a couple of other big catches that moved the chains for the Broncos. He's a player that has all the talent in the world, and I just think that the coaching staff previously uh, in place under Hackett's direction did not value what Albert O could bring to the table. Rossberg, on the other hand, an entirely different theme. Well, Ally Sports Radio's Cody Work with us on the Team Sports Network. Broncos host the Chargers to wrap up the season coming up on Sunday. What do you hope to see from this team on Sunday? Well, you know, the challenge is, look, you're you're going to close out the, a disappointing season at home against a team that is, you know, confirmed locked in into the playoffs. And 
Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen is healthy. You have Mike Williams, who's unbelievable in and of itself. You, how crazy? I mean, how nice would it be to be able to go up against a playoff team in a big time game? Not necessarily for Denver. Denver has nothing to gain from it. I mean, the Chargers are already in the playoffs, but just from an optics standpoint, imagine beating the Chargers and maybe giving a little bit of a, a way to reveal, okay, hey, this is where you can beat this team because the Chargers defense through the last six, seven weeks, has been the best defense in football. They've really tightened up a lot of things, and they're, they got Joey Bosa back. They have Khalil Mack opposite of him. Obviously, you have Drew Tranquil, who's obviously a stud there. Their defense is playing really good football right now, and so for the offense, that's going to be a huge test. How can they find a way to capitalize? Because the Chargers are playing playoff football right now on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, Herbert, Eckler, Mike Williams, even Keenan Allen, these guys are really locked in, and Despite the fact where Austin Eckler, I think it was like the first three weeks of the season, had no touchdown, now he's leading the NFL in touchdowns, is absolutely wild. So, you know, come out, leave it all out there on the field, try to go off into the offseason with a big-time win, and, you know, beat a Chargers team that is going to the playoffs. That's going to create a lot of questions for them as to can they maintain and can they win in the playoffs. I think that'll be a huge thing for Denver this week. And we'll have the game this Sunday. Broncos hosting the Chargers kickoff at 225 on the Team Sports Network. Cody Rourke, Mile High Sports with us on the Team Sports Network today. And uh, Cody, want to wrap it up. Uh, hated to save this for last, but thought we had, would finish uh, with some thoughts about DeMar Hamlin. Bill's safety. Sounds like there's been some progress overnight in terms of his condition. Just your your takeaway on, on, on what happened on Monday night. Obviously, uh, players on both teams were shocked. Coaches were shocked. The nation was shocked watching that game. Yeah, and it's you know it's one of those scary things. You you always think to yourself like you know I hope I never see anything like this happen, right? Where a player could potentially die on the field. And I know a lot of people were worried, and there was a real situation there. I mean, for CPR to be administered for nine minutes, you know his life was in danger, and nobody quite knew what was going on at that point until really they kind of talked about the whole CPR thing. Um, but you know, I think for me, what kind of stood out even more is you know Jim. While we're all passionate about football, we love this game. Um, you know, there's some people, some national media people that really kind of reveal their true colors about how they really view athletes. You know, they view them as like, oh, well, I have a parlay or, you know, oh, you know, there's there's playoff, there's positioning at stake here. Continue the game. Like, the game doesn't matter at that point. You know, when, when someone's life is in balance, is in question, this, the game of football becomes very, very minuscule and doesn't matter. But we have a huge problem in this world where, you know, off, you know, fans often at times, media, we see it all the time in media, pro athletes are dehumanized. They're just a, you know, a player. They're just there for entertainment. And I think that really revealed its ugly head a little bit. But you know what? On the flip side of that, Jim, the humanity and the good of people also came out because of his toy drive. I mean, before the kickoff, was that like $1,500? And now it is, I think it's, I think it's at $5 million now, which, you know, a lot of people have donated fans from every NFL fan base, people all over the world, and obviously various NFL players and organizations have donated to it as well. That kind of reminds you about the good stuff, but, you know, it's we have to really, I think, in a situation like this, I, I hope everybody can look at themselves and say, if them stopping the game and them not continuing the game makes you mad we all need to reevaluate our options and our, our thoughts as human beings because at the end of the day while we love football these athletes they put their bodies on the line for our entertainment and they deserve the utmost respect and they deserve to be treated like human beings 
And that's something I'm grateful for, for, you know, for the guys that get to cover in the locker room is I, I truly value a lot that they do on the field and off the field. They're great people. And, uh, yeah, you know, just like any split moment, it could happen to you. And, you know, it's it's a sad thing. And uh, obviously, I hope he continues to get better. Amen. Couldn't have said it better myself. Cody, I appreciate